0: Hey everybody, it's Drags. It's Wednesday, March 25th. Time for episode 343 of Patriot's Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com. Follow us, as always, on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. I'm thrilled to welcome back for the first time in a long time, too long a time, Mike Giardi of the NFL Network. Find him on Twitter at Mike Giardi. That's uh, all one word, M-I-K-E-G-I-A-R-D-I. How you doing, Mike? I'm
1: starting to get a complex trash. You never call, you never write, I know, I you know.
0: I know, I know, I know. How's Joe?
1: Joe's good. Joe's uh Joe's gonna be a star before all this said and done with all this home uh home T V stuff that we have to do now because of what's going on around us. He's uh he's making some appearances on T V.
0: He is technically a yellow lab, right? Yes, sir. I love dogs. Um and yeah. I uh, whenever I uh, get mad at the world, which I often do as you know, Mike, <laughs> um I can uh, text you and um uh, uh, and through uh a third party get in touch with Joe and I'm 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 much happier.
1: Yeah, I mean Joe, Joe uh, spreads joy everywhere.
0: He does. He does. Uh but what has it been like for you uh working uh working from home and uh working remotely? I mean, I I would guess that somebody like yourself is kind of in uh is familiar with that kind of position because uh around the nfl network you have correspondents all over the country um who have been you know i think of ian Rappaport for one who uh does a lot from his home office so this isn't that unusual i would guess
1: yeah i mean the, those guys garofalo um Pelicero and rap they have their own home cams so like actual camera setups in their in their houses and what we had to do, obviously, because of um, trying to limit contact and, uh, you know, following the directives that we're getting from the smart people around the country are telling us to keep social distancing. Um, you know, we've we've gone to using Skype and various methods to try to figure out ways to patch into to control and do TV that way. Or even like yesterday, I taped a couple hits, you know, with my phone and I sent them to uh, I sent them to L.A. and then they processed them and did what they had to do and, Put them, uh, blasting them out on social media. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a new world. We're just trying to, you know, keep providing content and, you know, while, while trying to remain safe though, you know, as, as this all goes on.
0: Safe and sane and certainly yes. with all of the uh, uh, highlights and, and the incredible library that obviously NFL Films provides you guys, at least you have a great resource to help uh, get uh, yourselves and the, and the incredible NFL fan base uh, through these difficult times and, uh, I was going to try and move on from Tom Brady a little bit this week, but, of course, he had his first first <laughs> act as a member of the Buccaneers in a conference call Tuesday, and there was quite a bit to touch on. First, a lot of beat writers were trying to capture the tone, and obviously this wasn't a press conference in traditional terms because of um, coronavirus. Uh, some called him on this conference call reserved. Others called him cautious. You know, Mike, what I felt the tone was? Uncertainty.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair, Trax. I mean, it's you know, look, we we always try to read and react and body language and parse through the words and see if we can find hidden meaning in there. But it, I mean, this is totally different. We're in an unprecedented time and place in our, in our country with what's going on. Um, obviously, had this been normal times and they had a press conference and hold up the jersey and the snapshots, you'd have the megawatt smile and. Arians with his Kangol hat and it would have just had a whole different feel this is you know <laughs> yeah. they're in Tampa he's in New York you're trying to piece this together at a conference call and I mean you know we do conference calls with with Bill and the coordinators weekly you know for about six months and sometimes it's hard to capture the the exact feel and tone and, and vibe because you're just you're not there in person you're not getting that Visual can be just as important as the as what you're hearing. So, I, you know, I think it definitely made it a little bit more challenging for everybody involved.
0: You know, and, and the other thing that I think when I'm listening to Tom Brady, I don't think his tone sounded at, that much different from a regular Wednesday press conference. That's why I think it stuck out to a lot of people because if if that had been if that same Tom Brady was speaking on Wednesday, I don't think anybody would have given a second thought about it, but because he's in a different environment and I think there was this expectation that he would be bubbling with excitement. um, And you, you could tell that in his voice uh, from the start, people expected that. And that just wasn't the case.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no getting past that. And you're right. We've, we've dealt with him so many times and that, that tone is usually pretty even, you know, he's, he's, very. He's never been one, yeah, he's never been one drags when he's with us, especially over the last few years, I think. You know, the more this, the Jim Gray, the Monday night, Thursday night, that sort of thing developed into what it did. I think, you know, he's he's very cautious. I mean, even this year, remember, I, I think you were there, the, the day um, he, he asked me if I was trying to trick him.
0: Yes. You know, I it was like remember. a
1: basic question. Yep. And we talked afterwards, and he was like, no, no, I was just, I was just playing. But it was like that's that sort of – Mindset. Yeah, but what are they really trying to get at here? And how yes. do I make sure that this doesn't become more than, than I want it to be? But when
0: he told you, nah, I was just playing around. Was he really? Because a big, <laughs> I know probably, I'm going way, right. way too deep into this, but you know what I'm getting at. When Tom Brady says he's just playing with you, it's, there's more under the surface. Uh, he is still waters run inc- like infinitely deep.
1: Yeah. I would agree completely. Yeah, he's uh, – the, the the mind is always working there for sure.
0: Look, it was about, I guess I'm counting here on the transcript, seven questions deep until uh, Ben Volan really asked something specific uh, to the Patriots in the Tuesday conference call. And essentially he just said, you know, what was your feeling on leaving the New England Patriots? And, you know, how did you feel things went down? And I felt this was, <laughs> this was such a Brady prepared question, uh, Br- Brady prepared answer I should say. I'm not responsible for how other people's Will say certain things. I think Mr. Mm -hmm. Kraft has been a great influence in my life, and I'm so grateful for two decades uh, with the Patriots. Obviously, I referenced the other day in his Instagram post. It's been an amazing thing for my family, and I'm sure when I'm done playing, I'll look back and have a chance to reevaluate my entire career. Your thoughts?
1: Um, Yeah, he took the high road. He did that. He did that throughout. Right. I mean, there's. There's no question knowing with all the reporting that's gone into this over the last months and even years, really, that there is some friction there and maybe some displeasure with how it all went down with Bill. Um, but he's, what's the point? You know, like, they,
0: yeah, at this point, I right. mean, when,
1: when you think about it, Mike, they've gotten it out. They just haven't gotten it right out of his mouth. You know, it's gone through different channels to, to sort of express how he feels and, and why he feels that way. And that's all been made clear, I think, or fairly clear over the last several months in particular. So, um, you know, let every, let everybody else do the dirty work for you. And then you can say you're above it all.
0: Seth, Seth Wickersham's article, what almost two years ago now, a year and a half yeah. ago. And de- when it came out in December of 2018, right? I got my years uh, right.
1: Yeah. It was right before the, uh, right before the Eagles Super Bowl.
0: Uh, so that playoff run. So that would have been uh three 20, years, right? Three years. So yeah. yeah, it's almost it's been two and a half years. And to me, that was the height of what you just referenced. The you know, both sides got their their beefs out uh and mm-hmm. aired their dirty laundry. And I think ever since then, uh to me, in, in in my way of thinking, there was no coming back from that. And obviously, there have been stories out there. There's really no coming back for Tom Brady since uh, Belichick wanted to um, trade him and keep your boy Jimmy Garoppolo. You buy that? <laughs> no, no, you do, do not. I don't. Hmm. And,
1: I, and I, I mean, John Lynch made it pretty clear right out of the shoot. Like we asked about Brady, and we got hung up on. You know. And, and later we had the phone call, how about Jimmy? You know, and that's, that's sort of the birth of it. I, I just look, um, you know, what's interesting about this? And I I've thought about this. You're really a bit.
0: biting your tongue, but go ahead. Well,
1: no, you know, I've just thought in general, I've just thought about the whole process that's gone down, especially over the last couple of months, but really when you go back to the last couple of years, what, what would have been the harm in everybody just sitting down and saying, you know what? It's wonderful. But we don't have to milk this anymore. Like you're not happy here. I'm not happy with you not coming to OTAs and maybe some of your what some of the stuff that goes on with the younger receivers or whatever it is. You know, maybe it's those Jim Gray interviews. And I'm just like, we had an awesome run. I mean, couldn't have been more productive. Let's just part. It's good. We're cool. Like we don't have to fire any more slings and arrows. You know, like. This is an old school Red Sox, you know, where, you know, the moment someone went out the door, then came the hit pieces. Like, let's just it's good. You know, like 20 years is an extraordinarily long long time uh, in any walk of life in professional sports. When Bill has the hammer at all times um, and hasn't been afraid to use it at all times, like I get it. I get everything. So it's just, you know, it was great. Good luck. God bless. You know, and whenever you're eligible to come back. Um, will honor you and you'll be in the Patriots Hall of Fame and, and, uh, you know, no ill will, no hard feelings. I mean, let's face it, he, he himself, Tom, out kicked the projections multiple times now. Um, no question. So, yeah, so it's like, all right, well, fine. Do we want to, do we have to keep going? Like, You're going to be 43. I didn't like the way it looked this past year if I'm Bill Belichick. Like, it's good, man. Good. Good luck. I hope you you throw for 5,000 yards. And I'm sure I won't hear the end of it up here. But I think my team will be all right, too. So, you know, again, good
0: luck. God bless. Speaking with Mike Giardi of the NFL Network. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on can let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and Blackjack all open 24 hours a day and all online that includes their 750 thousand dollar poker series if you're into props and entertainment betting you can still bet on Survivor Big Brother American Idol stock prices and even the weather, believe it or not, you've got to have something to bet on, something to, uh, spend your time and money on, Mike Giardy. So visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use that promo code, CLNS50, bet online, your online wagering experts. Back with Mike Giardy of... Hey, M- wait, you
1: me- You mean I'm not supposed to just spend all my money on toilet paper?
0: Uh, No, nor should you spend it all on hand sanitizer. Um, (laughs) There are many different ways you can wash your hands, but you know what works uh, and has worked over uh, centuries? Soap and water. Yeah, that's pretty good. good. It's actually proven pretty undefeated in in, uh, defeating (laughs) germs, but I won't rant. I do I rant too easily, Mike. I I don't want to go down that path. You know I, I love know. your rants. I know a lot of rants. a lot of people uh pretend to love my rants. Uh some of them just tolerate them like my wife Jeannie, but whatever. <laughs> um so back to Tom Brady because we can't get away from uh subject of the off season with regard to the Patriots. Um It was interesting that Brady acknowledged – he was asked when he decided to move on from New England and how hard was it to tell them. And I believe this is the question Karen Garigian asked. And – He said, Brady said, quote, it was really the night that I spoke with Mr. Kraft and asked if I could come over and see him. We spoke and had a great conversation, and I just wanted to express what he's meant to me in my life. We spoke with Coach Belichick at the same time. We were in different locations, so we walked to him, meaning Belichick, and it was a great conversation. And I got my chance to talk to Jonathan Kraft as well. What did you think of that answer?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I, – I think he was not – I don't want to say he wasn't being truthful. I think obviously that's when it hit him when he walked in the door, but don't tell me he didn't walk in the door knowing exactly what he was going to do right. and probably had arrived to that conclusion weeks, months ago. You know, who knows? Um, it was nice for him to um, – look, he, he and Robert have a, have a fantastic relationship. And I know there's some people that are on Robert for thinking, well, he should have jumped in. Um, but what Robert has done with the football operations for the better part of 20 years has worked. He's trusted Bill. And, you know, he put this in Bill's hands. And this is, you know, the, the, all sides have to live with it. Um, but I think it, it was nice for him to, you know, to pay tribute to, to Robert and what Robert's done for him. And, and even, you know, to a lesser degree, what he by mentioning Bill and, and Jonathan as well.
0: How about, uh, Tom Brady acknowledging he was at Joe Montana's last game at Candlestick yes. Park? To me, that was fascinating because he, he said he actually went up there and saw that game, that last game, uh, Montana played with the 49ers in, in Candlestick Park, saw it with a friend. He said, I'll never forget that. Um, very telling. Yeah.
1: And, you know, what's odd now for, for Patriot fans is the final on field memory of Tom is obviously, you know,
0: Logan Ryan. Well,
1: essentially essentially the pick six and the loss to Tennessee. And I remember as I was down on the sideline there because I had to do on-field stuff after win or lose. And, you know, I'm, I just – it was it was a little bit surreal. And then to see him kind of run off the field and you're like, that's probably the last time that I'm going to see that with him wearing a Patriot uniform. I mean, that's – um that's the immediate memory, but then, of course, if you just go and your, your reservoir, your mental reservoir, and you find, you know, all those tremendous performances and Super Bowls and just, you know, I mean, that that far outweighs all that other stuff. Just like I think when people look at Montana, and granted, Montana, I think, what, made an AFC title game with the Chiefs? The um, to the Bills, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, but it doesn't, you know, I know, like, oh, is it going to diminish his legacy if he goes somewhere else and he doesn't win? No. I don't, I mean, that's nonsense. Like, I mean, if it, I guess if it looks terrible, if he throws 10 touchdowns and 30 picks, you know, like, okay, then he hung on too long, but that still even doesn't change what he did here in New England, which again, it's unprecedented.
0: All right, we're going to uh, ask you what you think of Jared Stidham and whether you think he's the guy. It's certainly the way things are lining up here in the off season. Um, it certainly appears that the Patriots are all in; all their chips are pushed to the center on Stidham, at least to start twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, look, the, the the Hoyer release and being able to add someone who's been here and knows the playbook and and knows Jared. You know, to a certain degree, obviously they were teammates for four four or so months before Hoyer got sent back, and um, is a benefit. I think, you know, who knows when we're going to start here? I think that's, you know, we're already OTAs are in jeopardy, and you're going to just go on and on. Like, when when will we return to normal, and when will um, players be allowed to gather and start up? So, I think having Hoyer's experience there is is beneficial to the team because you know, in the short term if for whatever reason Stidham isn't ready, that Hoyer, you know, he's not a top-end talent, obviously, but he started plenty of games in this league, and he's smart, and he can manage things fairly well. You know, they have a fair amount of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball, so that can help elevate them early if we get off to this late start. And when it comes to Stidham, look, people were talking about nice things about him long before we assumed that that Tom was going to be out the door. And I just keep going back to, to one of the things that I was told when I checked in on him in December, and that was, look, he's done everything we've asked him to do. He's smart. He's a leader. He's, you know, he's processing everything we want him to. He's processing at a good rate. His teammates like him. There's a lot of respect there. The coaching staff respects him. Um, obviously, you know he can spin it. I mean, he's got the arm. He's, he's not a five-star recruit coming out of high school for nothing. Um but all that said, until he actually has to do it and do it when it matters, you know, all these wonderful things about him that we say mean absolutely nothing because look, there have been plenty of guys that um, had the right stuff. And then when given the opportunity crashed and burned, um, you know, I, I, I think he's in at an advantage because I think Bill is obviously incredibly smart. I think Josh is really smart and there's just such a support system in place here, but. They still have some issues at wide receiver. They're still thin at tight end, uh, and, now gonna ro- <laughs> and now you're going to be and now you're going to be rolling with a quarterback who's you know what's he thrown four passes in the NFL, so it is the great unknown.
0: It is, and uh, you recall the first time he subbed for Tom Brady. Remember what happened? Oh yes, the pick six, baby. That is, you know what? I bet you Belichick is glad that that Stidham had that kind of that shock experience and had to be taken out of the game. I I can't remember right now. Was it uh, in October or November in a blowout? Yeah,
1: Jets game, so either late September or early October.
0: That's right. And uh, he had that experience, and he had to be taken out what I loved from uh, Devin McCourty. This was such a classy and typical Devin McCourty way to boost the the young guy coming in. He said um, this past week that when I asked about Jarrett Stidham, he said, I love the way Jarrett Stidham attacked the defense and some of our best games defensively came when he was um, running the scout team and helped uh, and really challenged us uh, with what the opposing quarterback was going to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I remember them doing the same. And in fact, I remember Devin doing the same when I talked to him about Garoppolo way back when, you know, maybe prior to you know, knowing that he was going to start after the Flake Gate and the, the four game Brady suspension and just, hey, you know, he makes plays and he, he, he tortures us in practice sometimes. And, and, um, I don't think that they, for as, for as boosting as that is, I think if they, if he wasn't doing some of that, I don't think they would say it, you know, like, because they'd be like, hmm, I don't know what we're doing here, you know, in the back right. of your head, what
0: what are right. we doing?
1: I think clearly they saw some of that. I mean, we saw some of that in the preseason. And again, it's the preseason. I know most of those guys that he's playing against didn't make NFL rosters or on practice squads. But um, again, we've seen guys come in with, you know, much valuehood. And then when they get their opportunities, they can't take advantage of them even in training camp, even, you know, even in preseason. So the fact that he did some of that has to give the guys around him a little bit of a of a hey, you know what, this guy's he played at a high level in college and, you know, he came in here and he learned under Tom and with Josh for a year and, you know, if we if we can get on with this and, and start practicing and start working out, you know, he's got a chance to be something. But again, he's he's gonna have to prove it. And look, and let's be honest, who I don't envy him. I mean this is about as bad a a spot to be in in terms of the, the overall scrutiny that he's going to receive, um, which is why I'm really, really curious to see how Bill handles that part of it and the media part of it, especially early on when we start up again, you know, because I think they're going to have to be cautious and, you know, um, just to make sure I think they want to slow everybody's roll. You know, we can talk about him during the off season, but when the season starts, you know, what's he done? I'm sure that's going to be Belichick's message. What have you done? You haven't done anything yet.
0: Yeah, but I'm not so concerned about that because I think eventually um, the results are going to dictate what he's um, capable of doing during games. I mean results during practice, which um, brings up the next topic, uh, and that is how much you think the disruptive offseason is going to impact a guy like Tom Brady or a guy like Jarrett Stidham, both of whom are in new situations?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the one thing I would say for Brady is the fact that he just has 20 years of experience. So, granted, this is something completely unique, um, but he's dealt with some different stuff. Obviously, the suspension for Deflategate and that sort of nonsense kept him away from the team for a month when the season had started. So I think just his institutional knowledge on how to get ready for a season, an NFL season, uh, even though he'll be looking at different guys and, and being in a different system will be beneficial. And it also certainly helps to have guys like Godwin and Evans who are just, you know, terrific receivers who, you know, I mean, we saw – I know Antonio Brown's probably on another level, but we saw, you know, Antonio after a week's worth of practice and the, the connection that they were able to make and sort of the uh, – just the innate feel that both quarterback and receiver had for the game that made it look different. And I'm sure he'll uh, – you know, in knowing – how people talk about Godwin and, and Evans I, I'm sure he's going to have an opportunity to have sort of a similar connection with those guys as well so I, I would I would say that it's probably again more on Stidham to just try to figure out how to navigate this but look I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain that Josh McDaniels is in his ear every chance he gets you know um text checking in FaceTimes whatever it needs to be you know here's what I want you to look at here's what you need to do and um Whenever they come up with this, you know, what I assume is going to be either a truncated OTAs or, you know, just no OTAs at all and how they work it, I don't know. I'm sure they'll continue to be that con- that conversation and that communication to make sure, you know, at least mentally he's passing all the check marks that he needs to and check that he needs to to be ready for the start of
0: the season. My guess, and this is just a, you know, semi educated guess, is that. The NFL is going to somehow, um, if we are through a lot of this for in terms of sports teams and sports leagues, through a lot of this by mid to late June, I think you're going to see a combination of OTAs and training camp um, squeezed into July. And it's going to be like uh, it was in, I think, the 60s and 70s where you had training camp beginning around July 4th. Bel- Belichick always talks about this, how yeah. training camp used to begin ju- right around July 4th. And I think that could be the case, uh, this time with o- maybe a week of OTAs, uh, maybe a week of rookie minicamp, and then you're right into it full bore. I, that, again, that is an educated guess if athletes are allowed back into their, uh, team facilities in all leagues, uh, by the, you know, let's say, toward the latter part of June.
1: yeah i mean clearly you know um owners want their games and they want their the league wants their games and they want them on time so i think every effort will be made to you know whenever opening night is i i don't have the date off the top of my head but let's just say it's the first week of september september 4th or whatever they're going to want to hit that target date they're going to want to play that game and, and and the schedule will follow suit so maybe we run into a situation, and we've talked about it quite a bit, I think, over the last seven, eight years, in particular with the new rules from the previous CBA, you know, limiting contact and all that, and joint and the, the two, 2 days and all that nonsense, that sometimes September looks a little rugged. September might look really rugged this year if, if we have the truncated sort of off season. But, um, you know, still, uh, if we get to that point, Mike, and they're playing games on Saturday... We'll complain a little bit, but I think we'll be pretty happy that we're
0: there. Look, I think not only the NFL, but I think the whole country wants some sense of normalcy back uh, toward the end of this.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's we're going to be – I've seen people post about it on Twitter, you know, like I've never missed rush hour traffic, but now I miss rush hour traffic. I mean, that might last for only a couple days, but it'll be nice when we finally get back to the – to the routine that that we're used to, because I think you know it'll just make everybody breathe again. You know, we're 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 out of it and we're on to the other thing, and let's you know let's get back to living the lives the way we used to. Although hopefully we've learned some lessons from this, and that is you know uh, how important family is in this time. Because clearly I think you know I know you've you've been uh, you picked up your daughter and you, you're back from college, and it's just uh, having everybody in one place is not something that we get to do as much because Correct. everybody is so busy. And this, is, uh, this has been sort of an alternative, and it's been, in that, in that regard, it's been nice. It's been nice to, uh, you know, see my son for more than, you know, seven minutes a day or whatever <laughs> when, when schedules are as crazy as they are.
0: Well, and that's the other thing is that, look, uh, we need to all hunker down. We all need to use common sense. Be safe now. There's no debating that point, but I think once – you know, we're talking about the NFL season in September. I think by that time, uh, the country will want a sense of normalcy and that's one advantage I think the NFL has through all of this is its start of the regular season is so far off in the distance now that they probably are the one league that, uh, stands to gain the most or be disrupted the least, I should say, uh, from what has happened, uh, to us as a country over the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and sure. And they've also, you know, the decision to go ahead with free agency, um, was met with, you know, some skepticism in parts. And I know some people didn't want it at all. And I, I, you know, I got to admit, I was a little cautious at first because I'm, t- I'm, I'm glad
0: they you know, did. the
1: country, the country's going down the tank right now. And I'm going to be talking about some guy signing a $50 million contract when, you know, friends, family, people in the community are struggling to put together you know their weekly budget because jobs have been affected and all that and um and and that certainly that hasn't dissipated all those people all those things i just talked about are are real and people are experiencing them and it's hitting them hard but it did provide um for, for diehard sports fans and certainly for someone who works in the business it it definitely provided a bit of a relief you know to to be able to talk about and focus on something other than um, COVID-19. Um, but it's uh, it's just been a while, few weeks for sure. You know, I think it's, it's – I keep using the word over and over again. It's scary. It's really scary what's going on right now, and hopefully uh, we, we we flatten this curve and get this thing fixed quick.
0: Were you uh, on the field uh, for the Super Bowl? You were down in Miami, right?
1: I was not. I did not go oh. to Miami this year. Nope. No. Oh, they, so you know
0: you're your heart was. Not- they, knew that,
1: they knew that I was going to be a very busy man this off season. So yes, you, it
0: was. Um, that's true.
1: It was a welcome. It was a welcome relief to uh, not have to deal with any of that, and just uh, I went to the combine, um, did the combine for a few days here and in, in uh, at the end of February. But, yeah, but mostly have been in and around Foxborough, and, and of course being home. So it's that's been good.
0: What was your reaction when Jimmy overthrew Debo Samuel?
1: Uh, I think I jumped up on the coffee table when I saw Debo uh, <laughs> uh, open and when he, he, you know, overshot him by five yards, I was like, Oh, that could be the ball game right there. And I then,
0: literally know, turned to Jeannie and I said, I feel badly for one person, Mike <laughs> Giardi, because he, hit." Uh, some- you know,
1: it, it it was tough. I, you know, I feel for the kid because now look, it's like anything. It's you, you, if you achieve it, then you can always say you did it and you always have that on your resume. And now he has, you know, up 10, whatever it was, third quarter, late third quarter, and, you know, then has that throw. And he's going to have to hear about it and look at it and think about it until he gets an opportunity to get back there and correct it. And, you know, as we well know, I know we're spoiled in New England, but it's not easy to get there and sure as hell ain't easy to win it. So, um, He's a good kid. He's motivated. You know, I think he's got a good support system around him. I think the – I know that there was some talk about Brady to San Francisco, but obviously they, they, you know, they doubled down on, on Jimmy. So uh, he's got to feel good about that part of it too. And, um, yeah, I to get the opportunity to go back out there and do it again. Hopefully he can do it.
0: I really appreciate your time, Mike. Make sure you take care of your family, all right? Yeah, you too. All right, bud. want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our terrific guest, Mike Giardi from the NFL Network, a busy man. I very much appreciate him taking time out of that schedule to join us today on Patriot's Beat. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Jelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriot's Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media.